everybody. Welcome to the PC Perspective Podcast. This is episode 434. We record on January 25th, 2017. I'm Ryan Shrout. I'm Jeremy Holstrom. I'm a blue Josh Walrath. And I'm Alan Malmontano. Uh, Josh, you're always blue. Da ba dee da ba da. Have you met my family? <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, no. No, actually. No, no, we haven't. Only in the rare occurrences where they pop up behind yes. you during the podcast. We've only exactly, seen we've only seen Kilroy number one and two <laughs> over the over the desk behind the door. Well, you don't know. You remember my wife? She came in, looked at the screen, and then dropped to the ground. Yes, I, I, like <laughs> she was using the that other one, computer behind that one you. That was good. That yeah. one was good. Yes. She like stopped. Suddenly dropping the realized what was happening. Like, oh no! Oh, no, I'm on the TV. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, welcome to the show, everybody. Uh, we've been drinking more before the show, I think, than normal. Good. Uh, so it, it is Burns Night. Well, the You've good got stuff the too. wrong yes. type of whiskey, but it is no, Burns Night. You so I have, conditioner. I have plenty of, of scotch over There's there. There's a whole... Well, that's what you should be drinking, because that right there is whiskey barrel conditioner. I see. Yes, then correct. You it is. It is, it is. This is... This is after we're done with it, we give you all the the scraps to yeah. make your crap out yeah. of. This is yeah. the crap sloppy from the first round. Seconds. Correct. And let me tell you, sloppy, sloppy seconds, seconds of barrels are good. <laughs> so yeah, I, I bought this just for tonight. Little Gunfarkless Twelve. I'm sorry. Say that again. Crack it open after the uh, after the podcast is done. And wait, could you poetry. say the name of that again for me? Gunfarkless. You're not going to start uh, the drinking game during the podcast. Kazuntite, I, I guess. I mean, exactly. No. No, I think I have. I think I have some. Uh, I don't know. I'll have to go back. I'll have to look in the in my plastic bin of liquor <laughs> on the floor next to my desk. <laughs> so ghetto. Uh, that was here since the day before Thanksgiving when I had that card party here, and I just never bothered to take the container full of liquor home. Yep. Uh, luckily, would you? and actually, this is the first time I've gone into it since. Yeah. Like, since I'm surprised. I'm surprised it's lasted I, that long. I agree. You've had to walk around that thing every day. Oh yeah, and every time like a delivery guy comes in or something, it's like, he's oh, like, oh, oh man, they got to work at this office. Like, <laughs> I guess it does put off kind of a bad signal to everybody about what actually happens here. So, uh, oh no, that's that's a good signal. I have no problems with it. I don't give a crap right. what anybody else thinks. Um, right. uh, welcome and to the see, show, everybody. I went with the Bowmore. Oh, what do you I got? Wait, let's see. I went it. with a Bowmore small batch. Oh, a very that's old pretty one light looking because you more likes like dark. Some of them are. Some of them it's because they colored it. This one is not colored in the least. I really want to know what kind of scotch I have in there. Somebody yummy, tell yummy me what scotch. kind of the scotch I have in there because I I feel like I, I'm not going to feel fancy and tell you what kind of until I tell you what kind of scotch I have. I have a Glen Levitt 18. I have Mac 12. I have Mac 18. Let's bring the whole bin over. Uh, is that the only scotches? Okay, there's only two I brought with me. It's Mac 12 the, and Mac We can 18. make the nastiest mixed drink ever on the podcast. No, no you no, don't. No. Just do that. No. <laughs> Mac 18's pretty high the end. Callan might not be my favorite, but even still, no. Just no. Fair. That's wrong. Fair. Sacrilege. I, I, I can't. Jeez. Honestly, a lot of scotches for me have too much formaldehyde in them. Like, not actual formaldehyde, but smell flavor. of it's formaldehyde. A, esters. Yeah. Esters. esters. It's esters that does that? Okay. Yep. Yes. Because it doesn't really taste like I imagine formaldehyde tastes, but it does smell like it smells. So it really a lot of uh, a lot of the uh, what Islays and uh, that have have the, the peat and the, the yeah. kind of menthol and esters that that are really kind of overwhelming. Balmore is is big on that. But like uh, Glenfarclas is, is more malty, kind of more like Macallan 
the 12 and 18s yeah, are, are more malty and not if overly I, I will make i will make my request if anybody listening to this show has access to a pappy van winkle 20 <laughs> bottles they want to sell me i will gladly purchase it illegally and ship it across state lines um because i have not been able to find it yeah and eric on your right lafroy is like one of the is the one that stands out the most to me that is very common very popular but also has that very strong uh, well, smell people really shouldn't be going for it right off the bat or that's going to turn them off whiskey just like it has you because that scotch no i mean there's I, always it's like drinking out of an strong. ashtray at times if the first thing yeah, you've ever done is lafroy 10 yeah, well, it's like the sweet smell of tar and tire burning on an old pier <laughs> across from this a big seaport. The sweet smell. It, it's lovely. Yeah. So it's sweet. Beautiful. But you got to like it. If you start with it, don't do Actually, it. That start pretty with good. Glendronic. Start yeah. with not, uh, not... Dalvini. Something that is going to be floral or barley. Citrusy. And... The, the knob, I'm drinking Knob Creek Small Batch, and it is, if you, if you consider non-expensive bourbons, yeah. that's probably among my favorites. Because I can drink that straight, or I can mix it, obviously you can mix anything, but like I will drink that straight, and, it, and it's perfectly fine. Um, that's, and that's maybe $30 a bottle or something. You know, it's not stupid expensive. It's not so, bad. Yeah. Big bottle at Costco. Oh yeah, well I don't need a really big bottle. The only thing I ever had really big bottles of was Makers, and that's that was like my go-to mixing one. <laughs> really big bottle? Is like a, a like two liters of Makers. <laughs> Strangely, also only cost thirty dollars. Right, exactly, exactly. And I remember when I was in college, if you had Makers Mark whiskey, wee, yeah, that was high end stuff. It's amazing how things change. Anyway, this is a technology podcast. Yes. We talk about computer parts sometimes. Um, we do record the show live on Wednesday nights, 10 p.m. Eastern, 7 p.m. Pacific at pcper.com slash live. Uh, we welcome you guys and encourage you guys to come join us at that show uh, or at that spot at that time to watch the show. If you need a gentle reminder, go to pcper.com slash subscribe. You will get this little notification or this little page here that asks for your name and your email address, and we will send you a notification, you know, an hour or two hours ahead of time, uh, depending on when we're here at the office, to send it out. Let you know that, hey, we're going to do the show. Don't forget, here's the URL. And if we do any other live streams, if we have other people coming in, uh, I know we're trying to find a time to schedule um, the guy who is doing the analog keyboard. Mm. Aimpad is the name of it. You oh. might have seen a couple of previews of it. We have yeah, yeah. we have like an engineering sample here. where Oh, like, you finally got a hold of him. Yeah, the key presses are analog on the keyboard, right? So it, it's, it's a really, really interesting thing. And, and uh, he wants to come on and he lives you know just a few hours away and wants to come do a live stream with us. So if we do that, we always make sure that they have stuff to give away. So you'll want to make sure you are signed up for that list. Sp- speaking of people that are close by, shout out to John. Whose last name we don't remember. Whose last name we don't remember, unfortunately. Ryan and I were eating. The other night, and uh, we're at La Rosa's in Hebron, yeah, with me and Alan and my wife and my daughter. <laughs> and as he was getting up to leave, I think he had two young kids with him as well. Yeah, he goes, Well, like, if I had known I was gonna sit next to PC Purr, <laughs> I'd have brought you guys something. And I was like, Oh, well, uh, hey, nice to meet you. And we had no absolutely idea. nothing to, you know, I didn't even have Alan a card. Wished on he me. had a sticker to give away. I wish I had something, could have given him the bill. <laughs> <laughs> Speaking of. No, uh, really nice guy. Uh, it's always it's it always weirds my wife out when uh, uh, people just recognize your celebrity. Shows. Yeah, my incredibly minor celebrity yeah. status. We're talking, in any way kind of comes we're comes super through. minor. You she, weren't you were not uh, individually invited to the inauguration. No, no, no. 
No, I'm glad. Although now, I, now I'm thinking back. Like I'm, I'm trying to think back, like what my conversations were at dinner, and making sure I didn't say anything really like stupid or obnoxious or and or, uh, you know. So you're glad you didn't slightly embargoed. Me. Oh, you know, not that, not that he would ever tell on us or anything like that. It just it's like, oh, you know what? Maybe, maybe every once in a while, somebody's actually listening to this show. Mm. I don't know why, but there you have it. Um. Also, a quick reminder, we do have our uh, Patreon campaign continuing to run at patreon.com slash pcper. This is your ability to uh, – oof, man, this is a tough sell after all the alcohol talk at the beginning of the show. But if you want to contribute <laughs> to us on a weekly or monthly basis, rather, uh, and show support for what we do and the content we create and the podcasts and videos and stuff that we do, uh, this is your ability to do that, whether or not you uh, are contributing because you feel guilty about running a uh, ad blocker and that totally denies us of our income source or anything else like that. Uh, you are welcome to do that. And as is the case, anybody who contributes uh, either as a new patron and or increases their contribution uh, on the show while we're recording, I will read off their name uh live here and i have uh a couple of these lined up already um uh hootie tang has edited their pledge to 399 sweet so uh thank you to hootie tang Tang. um and then uh buy josh some better lighting ffs (laughs) (laughs) just edited lighting great again might actually have to do this now because this guy uh, has updated their pledge to $150. Holy crap. Wow. So now I feel almost obligated to well, send you remember he like needs, LED light he needs like, No, he needs like 2700 k not like 6000 k You're talking about color temperature, not yeah. dollars, right? Yeah, yeah. Okay, I could uh, totally you know, do that. know, one can get you the other. <laughs> yeah. Uh, definitely won't be sending you... those little LED panels cost? Uh, well, I wouldn't send you these LED panels. I mean, the smaller... You get smaller ones for... Well, it depends. the The light panels brand, the L I T E yeah. panels, uh, which are, I'm still, I'm still amazed that when I go to all of these like events, broadcasters, uh, you know, sporting events, mm-hmm. the lights that they carry are the light panels branded light panels, the legit ones. Right? Yeah, like the 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 original the really expensive one. ones. And these, and we've had these for I don't know, Ken, how long have we had these light Long panels? Time. It's yeah, it's been I six or seven had years. Some light panels for my first QuakeCon, which was what two thousand nine. Yeah, and we looked at the uh, five thousand series AMD stuff. You yep. brought those out, and like, these are Ooh. these are all knockoff ones, right? No, no, all the ones that you see here are real. Oh, okay. All the ones on this set are the real ones. Oh, so all the other ones, all are the on ones there. on the other sets are the fake ones. The real ones are like fifteen hundred bucks a pop. But I still haven't seen like I didn't any pay of them. That, to be perfectly clear, yeah, I I found a, uh, uh, Leo hooked me up with a guy who like did all the regional sales and like had all these demos. Yeah, so we basically like bought some slightly, demo you know, units. scratch and dents, right? Yeah. But hey, guess what? They still illuminate shit. Yeah, so it was this fine. Is, this is light, but you can get um the kind of the the, the Chinese knockoffs on Amazon for like three fifty or something like that, and they're yeah. close to the same. You can tell a like softness difference in the light. Yeah, when you turn them on. I mean, if you're just using it but, for a webcam, <laughs> yeah, like you're not that worried. I'm a web whore. You're not that worried about your your you know color yeah. temperature being exactly spot on. Yeah. Uh. So yes, we'll we'll. We'll make sure Josh has a light, I guess. <laughs> Damn it. I'd rather light a candle than curse your darkness. Yep. All right, let's get into the stuff this week. Uh, first up, a reminder that we do have our ongoing competition contest giveaway for the Radeon RX 460 build uh, sponsored by AMD. Uh, this here is uh, the PC we are giving away. It includes components, including a Core i3-6100, the CryoRig 
uh, M9I. I have decided that that is the pronunciation. I have never looked anything up or talked to anybody or heard anybody say it. But I used to say cryorig or something. But I'm pretty sure it's cryorig. I'm pretty sure, yeah. Okay. Uh, it's like cold and, and cryo rig. Cryo makes sense, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It just you know put a hyphen in there or something, guys. Uh, Asus H110 motherboard, 8 gigs of memory, uh, obviously the RX 460 graphics card, which was the source of the whole uh, project that we did. An SSD, a hard drive, a case, and a power supply, about $550 worth of hardware. You can see the different ways you can uh, enter in here. It's a pretty easy contest. So make sure you go sign up. Uh, this will also encourage you to sign up for the PC per live notifications email list. If you're already signed up, then it doesn't make you do it a second time with a different email address or anything. It just verifies that you're, you're signed up for it. Uh, and you can enter to win that contest. There's uh, six days left, so at the next week's podcast, we will know who the winner is. And uh, you can either be happy or sad. I'm going to be happy because it's me. I'm a winner. Um, Things are going to change. I I'm going to be it. sad because even if it is one of us, he'll take it away from us. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, I don't know if I. I don't know if that system. I've, if I've ever revoked a win, but I imagine that's a thing you could do. Yeah. And, and if, no actually, let me put it this way. If anybody in Laramie, Wyoming wins, I'm probably going to revoke it because I'm just going to assume it's Josh. Because <laughs> he's like the like, only guy there. <laughs> like Come on, there's 26,000 people in this town. Maybe 32 right now. Like I said, he's the only guy there. Wait, what about right now? Why are there more now than there have been? Well, there's lots of students. It's a university town. Okay. They come from all over Wyoming. Wyoming. You take, you take the percentage of our reach and you divide <laughs> it into that number for the population. You get Josh. <laughs> right exactly yes that yes yeah. so statistically if somebody laramie wins i still think it's Josh. yeah yeah basically yeah or his kid uh or the other kid. all right a couple of things here on uh uh to cover like i said it was it was a slow news week um the nintendo switch is still coming out march 3rd as it turns out <laughs> i don't know did we talk okay. about this last week that was a thing we knew that last week right maybe was it two weeks ago uh, and we had uh, we talked about our pre-orders and all that type of crap. And oh, that's right. Sebastian lamented about whether or not he was actually going to keep his pre-order. I'm sure he did will. He? Sebastian, did you he actually canceled it? Why would you do that? I don't know. I if don't nothing know. else, you can return it. Yeah. Right. Like I don't. Well, whatever. Uh. So uh, Scott wrote up a quick story here about even more Nintendo Switch information. Um, kind of summarizing some of the information that came out last week, but then going into a little bit more info that Digital Foundry uh, was able to find or or, or figure out uh, from interviews and, and different information sources and stuff. Uh, and, it, and it's pretty interesting to see. Uh, we've got the pricing. So the Pro Controller, $70? Yeah, Holy that's hell. a lot of dollars. Yeah, that is. Holy hell. And it was... And it was a that waste you of used money. One time. Uh, okay, two times. I don't know where it is. Exactly. That's okay. Exactly. The Joy Con is more expensive. The Joy Con is uh no wait. Eighty dollar. No, 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 no. Unless you're only right handed and you don't have oh, a left hand. No, you're right. Oh. Why would you ever buy one? Oh. Ah, the disabled o- model. The old AirPod uh thing there. Uh, okay, so that yeah, that's not great. That's not great. Uh, Nintendo did say that they're pushing 2 million units into the channel. I don't know if that means day one. I assume that's kind of like day one type stuff. Uh, and in which case, you know, that's that seems like a decent amount. I have no doubt that they'll sell through all that stuff. Um, 
John, or Scott goes into some of the online components here, which uh, I have zero confidence in until I see it implemented uh, by Nintendo. And then they go into some of the hardware discussions, right? So the flagship game for the system is definitely going to be the new Zelda title. Uh, Zelda will play at 720p in handheld mode, which makes sense given the screen resolution. Uh, but it will run at 900p when docked into the TV. 900 standard P. resolution that <laughs> it's like it's like we just didn't we just couldn't make it to the 1080 couldn't make it to 1080p uh, at both at 30 fps okay not great so again not great is it, is it 900p just scaling to 1080 so it's just yes. doing a weird yeah, yeah. yeah. and so that, to be fair this is stuff that current consoles do as well yeah right consoles render games at 90p upscale to 1080 before they out i mean it is actually kind of a trick to help get rid of like you know aliasing and stuff because you're running it through a a scaler. Sampler. Yeah. 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 And if the scaler is yep. a good one, like a hardware one that doesn't really have an impact on performance, then. And I think anybody that has done enough gaming will understand that, that you would rather, especially if we're talking about trying to hit 30 FPS, you would much rather make sure you're at 30 FPS than at 25 and 1080p. Mm-hmm. Like 30 at 900p yeah. versus 25 or 20 something at Whatever that 1080p next is going to be down. awful. Like or it's not it's going to be a drastic difference, right? Yeah. So you want to you want to hit it, but it does give you a sense of uh, the horsepower that this this machine has uh, relative to everything else, right? There there was a time where people thought that this, you know, what was the code name for this? Can like NX Nintendo NX or whatever was going to be like Xbox 360 to PS3 levels of performance, <laughs> and I I don't know if we're actually there with the Tegra X1. <laughs> Okay, maybe I meant like early Xbox One, early PS4, and not the upgraded Xbox One, Xbox or PS4 uh, sets. But um, is it faster than the Wii U? Is that what we've determined as well? The, the chip is faster than the Wii U chip by a little, by a little. Um, it's not really something to brag about, is it? Uh, I mean, I mean, hope at not least really. Faster. Yeah, you're <laughs> right. It's not slower, <laughs> Jeremy. You're right. It's not really, except that like it's in a mobile form factor. So yeah, you kind of you kind of think that, but yeah, yeah, most powerful handheld. Uh, Jeremy goes into some discussions about uh, uh, you know, the GPU's capabilities with FP16 and and um, you know what value that might add to the computing capability. I will be the first to admit that, uh, so for people who don't know, FP32, floating point 32 is considered single precision. And that is traditionally what we have measured GPU performance, you know, kind of theoretical GPU performance uh, around for for quite a while. When you get into DP, double precision, that's FP64. FP16 is is generally called half precision. um, And it's probably pretty good for, for gaming because you're just basically... I don't know. How would you explain the difference between single and half precision? Half the number of uh, of of decimal points, yeah, or, or digits yeah, after the decimal point, yeah. right? So it's precision level. And that's right? why that's why ATI went FB twenty four. It wasn't as big of a chunk, hmm. um, you know, back in in the ninety eight hundred days, ninety seven hundred days. Is it didn't require as much bandwidth and registers to do FB thirty two, but it was much better quality than FB sixteen. So they did. FP24, which was considered partial precision in uh, DirectX 9. Yeah. Remember? Remember back in the day? I do. I do. Uh, And so Digital Foundry did some comparisons of the Wii U and the Nintendo Switch versions of the new Zelda game. There's some comparisons there. 
And, you know, there's color differences, uh, flatness, dark, and differences in darker scenes. I'm very curious to see what what actually ends up kind of coming from this. And, and it's hard to tell because we're looking at pre-release footage. It's hard to know if this is exactly what each component or, or each system's playback level is going to look like. I don't know what this shot is. Is he at a strip club? I don't, he, yeah. He's at a strip I, club, and I think he's about <laughs> to strip. It's disturbing me. He's already halfway the there. I thought he was getting it's into a hot tub. Link. Like like he was like getting ready to swing his legs over the edge into a hot tub. Is <laughs> what it looked like to me. Right. Missing link. Josh had a sausage link. Oh man. <laughs> so I know we've talked about some of the other stuff here about the, the we know what the what the what the SOC is in here and the clock speed differences. Like that's a significant clock speed difference when docked in mobile, right? More than or, or more less than half yeah. the performance. Well, I mean, they gotta they gotta make the battery last somehow, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It'll be interesting to see. So that's uh, that's a switch, March third, coming up pretty coming up pretty quick. So we're on that relatively soon. Uh, and then also, I wanted to point out, just went up this morning. Leap has a review of the EVGA eight hundred fifty watt G three power supply, the Supernova G three. Uh, this is EVGA's kind of latest. Um, uh, mainstream uh, segment part, 80 plus gold certified. So we're not getting into platinum or titanium here or here, uh, but it is kind of uh, a lower price point in that regards, $109 up to $150 for the 850 watt G3 and G2L. EVGA has a surprisingly uh, robust collection of power supplies at this point. Um, they are one of the. I would say they are one of the later companies to enter the power supply market. Josh, you agree with that? Jeremy, you agree with that? Mm, yeah, I mean they were after like Mushkin, they, and Mushkin shut down yeah. their power supply group. <laughs> yeah, they, they also entered very poorly, but got better very quickly. Did they? Yeah, yeah. And, the first couple were like they were just doing motherboards. They were just doing power supplies. They were just doing sort of everything and some of it came up brilliant some of it not so much so they were just doing it but kind of just barely doing it yeah so but they but they have definitely gotten better in that regard uh the g3 here uh got pretty good ratings uh from lee here so yeah there's your pricing um the 850 watt g3 is 149 uh and i know we've definitely seen platinum and titanium 80 plus rated power supplies significantly higher than that at lower at lower wattages, uh, so it gives you it gives you a better idea of coming and it's fully modular still. I still think that's that's the way to go going forward. The only weaknesses that he notes is that um, he he would rather see. So okay, Lee, Lee still likes so to he's see the, the opposite of you. He well, and there's there's some sense to this, right? Because there a twenty is. a twenty four pin the CPU connect your your four by four plus four CPU and a pair of PCIe cables uh, being fixed instead of modular, um, you would never disconnect those. I mean, I, I guess I and disagree it means there. That you don't have that extra connection. You've got a pure line yeah. running from the PSU too. It's fairly well, clean, and, but it's it's there. Yeah, but yeah. I think that I talked to the uh, PC power and cooling guys many many years ago, oh, and yeah. I asked them about modular versus soldered on, and they said that it's essentially if you add. A modular, it's like adding three feet of wiring in terms of resistance to... I mean, it's not a huge amount of resistance, but it's there. And so if you've got main power components that you know are going to be used, why not just solder them in? Yeah. 
That's, I mean, that's fair. I, I can't really argue with that. Um, although in this case, his suggestion that two PCIe cables being fixed, there was, there are plenty of cases where a lot of high end GPUs, even like a GTX 1080, only uses one eight pin power connector. So you would you would still have one permanently affixed, unneeded, unless you go into multi GPU configurations, right? So just that's that's the flexibility that I think uh, the modular side offers that I kind of prefer, but. I'm lazy, and so having it modular means cable management is uh, less of a problem. You just put those cables in a box in a closet and forget about them forever. And then when you need them, you lose them, and you can't find them. So maybe that's a drawback as well. We've had that happen many times at this office. Oh, we need to get another uh, PCIe cable for that power supply we've got. Where are the, where's the bag of cables? Mm-hmm. Um, Found the bag of cables for every um, other power supply. Yeah. Except for that yeah. one. And they're all different. Uh, I all bet right. you it's in the bag with a FLIR. Probably. <sighs> Don't, get me started. Don't get me started on that. Oh, my God. Alan's fault. Totally Stop Alan's blaming fault. it on me. Alan was the last person to touch it. That's all I'm saying. FLIR's gone. Um, we got a couple of uh, of new pledges here I want to touch on before we get to our news items. Tommy Peel pledged $5. Thank you, Tommy. Mark pledged $3. No last name or anything, but thank you, Mark. Razlak edited their pledge from $3 to $5. And uh, Roger Hartwick was a pledge of $3. So thank you very much. Oh, and we have um, Dimitri, not from Hardware Canucks, edited their pledge from $4.99 to $10.99. That's So that's that's awesome, guys. Thank you very much. Canadian dollar must be up. <laughs> thank you. Well, he said he was not from Hardware Canucks because that could be Dimitri from any, any place else. You just never know. Thank you. Thank you. And <coughs> thank you. Uh, all right. Um, couple Johnny, bu- what's going to happen when Johnny She eventually leaves this I, plant? I thought oh. he was going to retire. Like, he wasn't going to do the press conference at CES this year. Yeah. I, uh, I but was he did. to see him back. Yeah. And uh, I don't know. It be a poor, popular demand. poor place. I bet attendance at Asus press conferences gets cut in half. At least. <laughs> just because Maybe that'll be his only for- job now. It's just showing up <laughs> and doing the talks. Maybe I'll start a podcast. No, I would listen to that podcast. I would too. As long as it's not on Wednesday. Yeah. Well, I mean, I can listen to it after the fact. That's fine. But what's it, the other thing he says? Is that impressive or, or something? Uh, like I can't remember. I I've know. only ever heard the thank you know. one. That's all that's yeah. stuck in my head. If we, I bet if we find a replay of the 2017 ASUS press conference, we can find a couple of uh, idiosyncrasies to tack on there. Yeah. Sound bites, yeah. Um, I don't have any experience with this. But I know it came out, the Chromecast Ultra. I have the old, not the original Chromecast. What's the one we have? Just Chromecast? Like two? Oh, the second The one? sequel? The one that, the circular, the round one? They all new. They all new. Well, this one's round. Yeah, I know. But this one is Ultra. What makes it, what makes it Ultra, Ken? What's, what's Ultra? Oh, okay. So the Chromecast Ultra, this was just a post, like Scott ordered one for himself and wanted to do a little post about uh, getting in and what the, like an initial... Uh, setup was with it and everything. Uh, you got it on sale for 20 bucks off. This is the Chromecast Ultra supports 4K HDR capabilities. Um, oh, he bought it for 1080p 60 specifically? Okay. Yeah. All right. I, this Man is... an ear muff if he ever cuts his ear off. <laughs> no, yeah, that's true. Is it bigger than the one that, 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 that otherwise ships? Well, that, the but... HDMI plug is in the picture on the right there. So Yeah, it does look bigger than... Um, so it's, does it have five, five gigahertz radio support? 
which is I think that's an improvement. I don't think the other Chromecast does five gigahertz. I think the second one does. Um, 1080p 60 from YouTube is is a plus. 4K HDR that's definitely a big push from a lot of streaming uh, vendors. Both if you look at YouTube, Netflix, uh, uh, Amazon does it now. Does the Amazon app work on Chromecasts? Does not. Yeah. So there's a whole lot of other debates to get into about all that type of stuff. The Google, Amazon, and Apple, uh, like infighting about like who can sell what apps and on which physical locations and stores is pretty interesting. Um, I, I just picked up a Roku stick, but I forgot to take pictures of it. Well, you can still take pictures of it. Did you I throw it away? We do that, shouldn't yeah. I? Yeah. And I'll see because I, well, of course, the, the Google store works on it, but I'll check and see if I can uh, get any of the other ones like Amazon. Oh, actually, I'm positive it supports Amazon Prime in the States. Oh, yeah. Canada. Your, your Canadian I rules, I don't understand. No, neither do we. It's very, uh, it's very it's, complex. It's not fine, but it, it is what it is. <laughs> yeah, I'll check out on that. Um, so I, I, I am curious to, to, like, 4K and HDR are big pushes by a lot of technology companies. I'm very curious, like, what the user um, demand is for that. I know Ken was one of the people who, like, I don't know. You didn't go out of your way to buy an HDR TV necessarily, but you were just, like, buying a TV, and that kind of was a good option at a good price that you found. And yeah. then once you had the TV, you were trying to find sources, that could feed you HDR content. Yep. Um, so all he ever does is watch the Grand Tour over and over and over <laughs> again in HDR. Uh, and and I just recently, if people follow me on Twitter, I bought um, the TV that Sebastian uses and recommends, the LG OLED B6 model, I guess. We should um, unbox that to see if it works. I, it's been in a box for three days, and it just annoys the <laughs> shit out of me that I haven't been able to take it off. And then Resident, Resident Evil 7 launched yesterday, which is supposed to be like one of the first PC games to support HDR. HDR. I don't even know who you are anymore. I know. I, I've been so busy doing other crap, and I emphasize the C in the crap because mm-hmm. I'm not rapping. So you asked for microphone. Just to say this. Yes. I don't think HDR is going to go away like 3D did. I agree. Because it is a sincerely huge visual improvement in yeah. what you're watching. Yeah. It is. It is. If, uh, and that's really what drove me to buy this TV is uh, if this was the second CES in a row where I had gone to like the AMD suite and they were showing all these HDR TVs and the side-by-sides with, with regular TVs, even regular 4K TVs. And the difference is dramatic and instantaneous and stunning. Is it night and day? Basically. <sighs> did you put on your glasses between the... What you saying? Yeah, if you didn't have your... <laughs> yes, I did. Yeah. Uh, and, and, and then, you know, I went to go see the G-Sync HDR tech. And, like, it sold me on I needed to have this now. So, wait, there's a Resident Evil PC game that you could play HDR right now. I believe yeah. so. Now... Is there some driver stuff that's supposed to be happening? I emailed both AMD and NVIDIA about this and said, this game supports HDR. I have the TV. Are there any complications in this? And NVIDIA said, no, we've had it enabled for months. Go for it. And, oh. a- and AMD said, we're checking on it. We'll so, like, it's already know. there for NVIDIA. Yeah. It's just, like, like it wasn't even an announced uh, thing. Uh, it was apparently, just, I could just, just do it. get off my ass and take the TV out of a box and put it on the table just, and maybe just hook it up and it would work. Just plug that uh, in. No, that's never how things work. 
I agree with you. I said maybe. I said maybe. You know, the older I I seem, the older I get. And when packages arrive, the longer it takes me to unpack that (laughs) shit. When I was 25 years old and I got something from 3DFX, five minutes later, it was in a machine. It was running. It was already playing a game on I, there are there are literally three boxes by my desk where I know exactly what is inside the boxes. I know exactly that it's a cool thing that I want tested and looked at. And I, every morning I come and I go, not today, box. And I move on to the desk and go on to do to do something else. It's very tiring. I should reply to those NKU internship emails that I've received. So. Can you request a microphone so you have something you wanted to add? So please do. Well, you were talking at me, so I figured. I did. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So wow. you ha- you are the only person in this room that has an HDR TV hooked up mm-hmm. uh, for months. So do you, can you tell a difference in the content when you're watching it? Absolutely. And what content have you watched on it this far? Uh, so Josh is actually pretty accurate. In that <laughs> uh, <laughs> that's shocking. <laughs> Amazon is pushing pushing HDR forward way more than Netflix is. Netflix only has a couple of shows and they don't really surface it well. Whereas okay. like all of the Amazon originals that have been shot at least in the past year have HDR. Hmm. Uh, one thing was I have, I have a bunch of friends and we liked watching Top Gear. So when the Grand Tour came out on that Friday or whatever, we got together and watched it. And uh, we watched it on my set in HDR, and everyone was blown away, and they absolutely were interested in the technology. Not but just you, not you just that you talked it up a bunch beforehand or something. And yeah, I mean, it was okay. just like instantly because the first couple of scenes in that pilot are very visually stunning things, and, and that's a but, streaming show. It's yeah. not yeah, yeah. That show is mastered very well. It's kind of a mm. good test case for this stuff. But mm. like, there have been. There's like Daredevil on Netflix. I watched and it looks, it looked good, but they weren't necessarily using it to the full effect. Yeah, depends on how they grade the content to to, yeah, ma- to match so. can't properly. See. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's kind of like looking back at 3D stuff. Avatar mm-hmm. was excellent in 3D. The it last was. Airbender it was, was crap 3D. Alex, got to switch the shot. Well, that's right. Uh, I tried 3D again with Rogue One, and I I still am not impressed. No, I mean seriously, I Avatar like really the is the only 3D everything. show that I've watched that they have actually used the 3D technology effectively. Everything else, yeah. it just it's it's like post processing crap. You know what's you know what's a like a lot of like animated kind of stuff is like the one the stuff that's CGI animated style like Wreck It Ralph or something. Sure. That, that looks amazing in 3D, right? It but does, it's very but you, you, you question yeah. what, what it adds to the content. The HDR side of it, I think, and, and Ken can articulate it better than I can because he has actual experience in it, is like it adds to it. What I'm very curious of is the how the ecosystem works today. Like, So you're saying uh, uh, that the content just shows up on your TV. Did you have to do tweaks to your TV? Did you have to do calibration to your TV? Did you, did you have to do anything to make it look better? Uh, so my TV at least has some pre-calibrated profiles that are pretty decent that I just use. So there's yeah. just like a calibrated dark setting that I keep my TV on. Uh, and then you had to like add enable chroma subsampling or something in the menu for the HDMI input. But when you are playing back HDR content, does the TV know that it's HDR content and go into some different mode? Screen gets brighter. That's how you can tell. 
but yeah, backlight can but suck. if you if if so if you're in Amazon and you switch between an HDR video and a non HDR video, you don't have to go into menus and change Correct. anything. It's, it's all seamless. Okay, it, it would be like switching from 24 hertz 24 hertz content to okay. 30 hertz content on a. That's what I TV. worry about hooking up that TV and plugging in a game system with RE7 is. Or you have to go to the game settings and enable something, and then you should just, just have to go into the game settings and enable something. As long as you have, will the driver be smart enough to like at, at this point in time pass through the data correctly? I mean, it's to just the TV. It's, I don't know. It's metadata over HDMI. It's, Only it's, I had the hardware necessary to evaluate. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. If only. Mm. It, it's it's metadata in the HDMI stream that is part of the standard for HDMI yeah. 2.0b and HDR10. So it should work. Should. All right. All right. A um, couple of other items here. Sebastian posted up of the release, the launch rather, of the NWIN 301 case. Uh, this is a micro ATX version of the 303, hence the lower number. Uh, a couple of bullet points here. The Sebastian left from raise is expected to retail for under 100 bucks, 69 to $79. Uh, and it does have a uh, tempered glass side panel. So at that price, that's that's pretty impressive. Push-button release on the tempered glass side panel. Great for when you're building it and when you have it. Worrisome with shipping. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but it does have room for full-size components, premium in-win style. I know uh, Sebastian has had a lot of, um, I don't know, positive feedback uh, and it looks like a Hardware Canucks had a video on uh, on that case from CES as well. So you can look forward to the 301, 1.2 millimeter thick SECC steel construction, toolless tempered glass side panel, LED backlit display, and I/O front panel, uh, extra graphics card support holder. I don't know what that means. Is that I don't know. And like a like a steering wheel club for your graphics card. <laughs> Well, yeah. they do kind of resemble that, yeah. All right. Uh, and lots of liquid cooling options as well. So that is the NWIN 301. Um, and, and kind of uh, a second round of console release news, uh, Jeremy – or no, Scott. Lies. Scott. I know nothing about that. <laughs> <laughs> Scott posted another uh, kind of report here. This one also came from Digital Foundry. They do a great job covering uh, the console hardware releases. Apparently a white paper was released – from an anonymous source, of course, uh, with some more details on kind of like what the guidelines that Microsoft is giving developers as they target Project Scorpio, which is due out this holiday, I think. Right? Is that right? Um, this is their upgraded Xbox One console. Like the PS4 Pro was PlayStation's, mm-hmm. uh, but this is a much more substantial improvement in performance. So they have a couple of interesting details here that I'll, I'll read off from uh, from Scott's uh, right at the most interesting change is what's missing, the small on-chip RAM, the ES RAM. Uh, Microsoft claims that the higher global memory bandwidth removes the need to have it on Project Scorpio. Josh, do you think anything in particular about that removal? The SRAM has always been something that made the Xbox implementation of these GPUs a little bit different. Is it just now mm-hmm. that they realize you know, developers kind of coding for it and having to depend on it and these different platforms makes that less ideal? Well, I mean, I can think of multiple reasons why, mainly because you're eating up die space. You've got all these applications that are going to use more and more memory. And so how do you shuffle that in and out effectively of that SRAM cache, which, you know, I guess you could kind of look at Intel with um, 
their Broadwell stuff that that had the external 128 megs, but it, it's not nearly that big, right? And so it's almost like, hey, we've got all these you know L1 and L caches on the GPU already. Why do we have to have this third level cache when we could just use this low latency, high bandwidth memory that essentially all GPUs kind of have right now and um, make it easier on the programmers, make it easier to potentially uh, uh, utilize these not just on the Xbox console, but in PC gaming. Because you have to make some adjustments, obviously, in the code because there's no ESRAM sitting there right and plus uh yeah die space speed and yields will probably all improve with the cutting out of that piece yeah i for one of the things that that stands out to me is that i don't know on the xbox 360 it had sram right but they were the yeah, but it did some really good stuff on that. I mean, it would they 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 had a kind of a write back, and it was able to do multi sampling sure. AA. But they were the dominant. With- they were the dominant leader then. Yeah, and and the two architectures were fairly different still at that point, right? The Xbox and the PlayStation uh, at that point were different. Now they're very similar, but the SRAM kind of creates an additional. Uh, uh, value-added feature yeah but also something else you have to worry about in order to target and improve performance in that particular application uh where you don't have to necessarily or you can't target that on the ps4 and ps4 was the market leader and so now maybe the benefit of having that in there doesn't make uh as much sense either way it's gone uh, according to this white paper they list 320 gigabytes per second of uh memory bandwidth uh in particular um they i think they did clear, they did quote again in the white paper the 6 teraflop number for compute capability on the GPU so again a substantial increase i think that's what three times four times the current Xbox 1 uh performance levels um and digital foundry does go into uh like rendered fragments the pixels that may or may not make it to the screen as as Scott writes it up here did not scale by the same factor of 4 going from like 1080p to 4K in all cases, um, but we're not exactly sure what that will turn out to be, right? So, you know, Scott points out that, hey, Halo renders backgrounds at a lower resolution than, than foreground content, so maybe that's part of what they're uh, depending on. Um, and uh, it's interesting that the Digital Foundry assumes that Project Scorpio will be using pre-Zen AMD CPU cores, um, which is an interesting thought to have. It uh, doesn't necessarily that they'll just continue to use the Jaguar cores. The PS4 Pro is still using the Jaguar cores. But the Project Scorpio may or may not at this point. Um, and AMD, if you're listening, you should rebrand that as present <laughs> and sell it. Yeah, make anything before it sound a little bit better. Um, I don't know if Scott's take that like Zen wouldn't be around early enough to make production because if if... The Zen core was ready. You know, their kind of semi-custom design unit would have been able to use that earlier. Like, I believe that the the new compute units in uh, that will be included in Vega will probably be inside the GPU in this in this design um, ahead of, you know, it's being implemented now ahead of when new products are actually being released. So um, I don't know exactly what that would indicate. Uh, I, 
you, they're either, in my opinion, Josh, they're either using Jaguar or they're using Zen. They're not going to suddenly integrate a new uh, architecture on the CPU side to integrate with this very complex APU uh, just one off, right? Does that make sense? Yeah, I, I don't think, well. Like, would they suddenly use a bulldozer core? This next, is next, next this year, is winter. Uh, next, well, next holiday. This season. winter. Holiday. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I, I would expect um, Zen to be the the basis of it. It just I could really see yeah. it both ways uh, yeah, that they I mean, they, they it, wanted it to nail down the design AMD beforehand. Decides to do licensing because if they're saying, you know what, we're not going to license out Zen yet because that's our secret sauce, but we've got a really good you know Jaguar Plus or or whatever that we've kind of you know tweaked a little bit yeah. and it's really inexpensive and you can get like sixteen cores in there for no problem at all. Yeah, I can, we might I can have dropped see it the TDP ways. a bit, the power consumption a bit because it's a little more yeah. mature. Yeah, and I, I think it, it makes sense. It, it might also be that Zen will be very new. The people, the experience with it is going to be minimal. Um, you know exactly what you're going to expect in terms of IPC and performance throughput might be lesser known. Um, but we'll see. Again, this this is very new for the console generation. It's very new for like the hardware platforms uh, to see these kind of iterations. So. We'll know soon, and I bet we'll know before it's released because that's just the way the information world works. Hot chips, baby. We're going to yep. talk about it. Hot chips. What is, when is that? Is that May? August. August. Yep. Soon, but not too soon. Yeah. In the hot month, it's hot chips. It makes sense. Exactly. Makes sense. Hot, hot, hot. Uh, <laughs> yes, thank you. Uh, a couple of other quick things. DOS keyboard announces a gaming keyboard as opposed to uh, just the ones with no... Uh, Markings on the keys to make you seem like a badass as you type. Those have numbers on the keys. They've yeah, had I ones know. with markings before. They, oh, they definitely yeah. have. I'm just saying what what I knew them from the 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 DOS mm. keyboard brand was. Oh, is the one with no labels on the keys to make you feel like a badass. Yeah. Well, apparently, from what Scott says, there's this whole gaming line called Division Zero, which no was shit. DOS keyboard that I've never heard of. I've never heard of that before either. Well, they got rid of that brand. Yes, now it's <laughs> DOS Keyboard Gaming. Yeah, well, it's probably a better idea because no one yeah. had ever heard of Division Zero. So anything interesting stand out on this particular keyboard, Jeremy? Uh, or? They're almost aluminum. Switches. They are aluminum build. And not only that, but didn't Mushkin essentially take this? And we talked oh, about it last week. What do you mean take, uh, what do you mean, take this? Yeah, the, uh, Michigan is now has a, a gaming keyboard, and it's based off of the DOS, the DOS keyboard. It looks Hex like pretty much bang. I on will the say the this. Knob. Yeah, the volume knob seems pretty cool to me. Okay, you know, I, I'm glad because you got to turn down the annoying writers that sometimes write If it goes to points. eleven, turn that would for what? Be... Does it go to eleven? <laughs> well, no, that's actually the one thing they didn't label. Oh. So it goes Damn. as high as you want it to. to but it is illuminated. So there is that. Yes. There is that. So DOS getting, well, I don't want to say getting into the gaming brand, or getting into the gaming keyboard market, but uh, maybe getting into it um, uh, correctly this and time. And it's less expensive than that fancy one with no markings on it. 180 bucks is still a lot of money for a keyboard. Yes, it is. Tom's Hardware claims that the X50, the uh, DOS keyboard gaming X50 will be about $180 or just under $180. So $179 is the answer there. And then. Uh, before moving on to the next item, I've got two more patron updates for everybody. 
Mark Wasfi edited their pledge from three to five bucks. Ooh. Thank you, Mark. And Travis Stern is a new patron pledge three thirty three. I like it. Thank you. Thank you very much, Travis. Uh, now, if you would only do thirteen thirty seven. Yes. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Or you mean thirteen point thirty seven or thirteen thirty seven point zero? But we'll take either. Yeah. You know. I don't, I don't want to say, leaders. actually, don't do that. I don't need any unreasonable expectations placed upon our content production. Uh, a couple of items here. Windows insiders receive several new features post-holiday. Scott included this in the show notes. Thought it was something we would, uh, we'd want to bring up. Uh, for example, the new features include the ability for Pro uh, to delay Windows updates. Yay. I so, think it's for up to like a month or something. It's 35 days or something. So it won't just randomly reboot on you while you're doing a podcast? Yeah, but that's only pro. Well, well you never know. That's only pro. If you have home, you F still you. can't. You still have to stick with the active hours, <laughs> whatever thing. Okay. All right. How about reboot your computer every once in a while? But Problem home, solved. Home you have like only, a render running or something. Home only gets... For like three weeks? Or how about know. rebooting your computer is for the 1990s? Well, computers. If, how often you remember you what happened with Windows XP and when they didn't enforce Windows updates being applied and fucking everyone there got was, vulnerabilities was, all of the time? It, there seemed to be a kind of a short window computing there. Computing was at its, like, are you kidding me? Computing was at its pinnacle in the Windows XP days. That was when gaming <laughs> was magical. Everything True. was growing and flourishing. Uh, yeah, we had a like 98 SE. It was a step up we, from 98 SE. Yeah, the Correct. mouse went from single... Threaded to, yeah. to dual yeah, the threaded. Yeah, the mouse didn't stutter because other things were calling it. You had that special 64-bit build that didn't really work with a lot of stuff. <laughs> that I used yeah. for like five years. AMD lied about the benefits of 64-bit computing and gaming materials. Uh, and here we are. Hey, but at uh, least it was really 64-bit. Far Cry, baby. Far Cry 64-bit. Was that the game they used for that marketing? I thought it was some like military. No, well, it was though it is military, well, uh, but no, Far, Far Cry America's 64 Army? bit. America's Army. Uh, <laughs> God, wasn't it? I don't know. I I would like to go find that story. Uh, no, a I, long I've time still ago, got the executables and, and upgrades for for Far Cry to to take it to sixty four bits because you know when you look through the binoculars, you can see farther in sixty four bit. Oh man, remember that. I want 120 bits then. Yeah. You could see more bits. You could see farther. I, I got into a bad fight with AMD about that. Anyway, um, there are a couple <laughs> of other. Uh, let's see what else. Also, uh, home, only, uh, home only gets longer active hours. Oh, good. Now. Well, that would make sense. Uh, and power mode slider on battery icon for more performance. So, you know, if you've got a laptop that doesn't actually have baked in power controls from their drivers. Which a Windows lot of them don't these days, right? Like a lot of like one... non-business laptops have that. True. The ThinkPads do. Lenovo's definitely do. I, they have their own power. Most management of the Dells they run into do as well. Yeah, and they'll do it on the fly. The power mode but, slider attached to the battery icon, rather than having it buried in the advanced power setting. So that's kind of nice to have it kind of brought forward. Um, uh, Microsoft is allowing users to slide right when they need things like higher CPU power states. In the current build, the UI isn't hooked up to the back end yet because they're still <laughs> discussing with OEMs what power settings the slider options would correspond to. So they just have so a slider not- that you can turn up that doesn't do anything. Yeah, which is yes. the problem with all laptops and all like third-party integrations of power management. Uh, and this is this is like... But it makes people feel better. 
this this is the same debate as like Android versus Apple, right? Apple has total control over the hardware software ecosystem, and because of that, they can do really interesting things like get great battery life out of an 1800 milliamp hour battery. Whereas on an Android device, you kind of need like a 3000 milliamp hour battery, which is totally fine. Yeah. But it's because of fire. It's, yeah. Because, but it's the separation of the hardware software layers and the lack of integration because of all these competing parties that kind of does it. But, um, so that is the part of the Windows 10 creators update 1703, uh, expected in April for everybody. And just in time for the Chinese New Year, you can have a lunar calendar. I did start getting my Chinese New New Year emails last night. Yeah, from people As saying, "Oh, only last." By night? the way, don't talk to me for two weeks. My people have like, been on vacation for like the entire week. <laughs> Lazy. Such is life. Uh, okay, everybody, that's it. I think we're on to our hardware software picks of the week. Um, I'm gonna start with mine, which is neither hardware or software. I guess technically, it's, uh, it's hardware. It's a notebook. Um, well, that's a funny looking thing to put in your shoe. So, sometimes writing things with a pen and paper is best. Sometimes, Blasphemy. sometimes, look, you're talking to a person who really, until very late in the game, still had a physical book calendar, like a physical paper calendar. Like when I made CES meetings, yeah. imagine this 2003, 2004, maybe up to 2005, uh-huh. I was making CES meetings. And writing them writing on a paper, like, day calendar. <laughs> what do you do when they change? To erase? You, no, I you cross wrote, it out. You, you wrote, wrote it in, it in pen, oh. right? So it was totally screwed up. But uh, when I'm taking notes or, like, I'm on a conference call or, in particular, like, when I was at CES and you're kind of walking around a booth tour, if you will, with somebody, you don't, you don't, you can't have your laptop out, yeah. right, while you're walking around and standing. And even having a full-size notepad, it's kind of a pain in the ass. Mm-hmm. Screw you. I, I use legal pads everywhere. Do you, do you, have do you a cl- know how do you have many odd looks too? I get when I go to like CES and anything and I pull out a legal pad? <laughs> no, I know exactly how many odd looks you get because yeah. I'm one yeah. of them. No, Josh looks yeah. around the room for the free legal pad so he can grab it and then write his notes. <laughs> well, where do you think yes. they come from, Ken? I don't know. So this all started because... Uh, the uh, community manager at Epic sent me this moleskin is kind of like a swag bag thing. It's got Epic Games. Nobody can really see it probably. It says Epic. It's got the Epic Games logo on the front of it. And I thought, uh, I don't know. I think I was starting to do some VR benchmarking. So I, this was sitting on the on the desk next to me. So I started taking notes on it. I was like, you know, yeah. this is kind of convenient. It like, I, I take this pen. I put it in there. It's got the thing that closes it. And I can like put it in my back pocket and go about my day. Right. And that's what I did at CES was I just had this. This thing, and so it's twelve bucks. It's a little bit, um, I think Ken would call it bougie, to have like a twelve dollar like moleskin mm-hmm. branded notepad when literally anything Isn't that this size. Bourgeoisie? In no, that, no. It, in the navy, you'd have bougie. like you, in bougie. the navy, you'd have like a green version of that with like green cover, mm-hmm. and it would flip like vertically, and it would be around the same size as that. Yeah. And everybody would put it in like their front pocket, uh. and the nickname was just Pocket Brain. The pocket brain. It's like where you put all your notes and like, yeah. you know. Yeah. And, and that's what it like. I just keep it in my backpack or, or when I have this particular coat, it like fits perfectly in the top chest pocket. And, yeah. you know, it's just it's just nice to have. I don't know. It's 12 bucks. Uh, you can use this as a diary as what it says here. Or you could use it as like an adult. <laughs> right. Really and just small, write notes. Really small your diary. diary. Uh, and this one was apparently put into Amazon system January 1st, 2008. All so right. there's. 
So there's no, that. Where was some things never age. That's yeah. true. Paper uh, and binding, not really something that that shifts very dramatically, would be my guess. Uh, all right. Oh, and, and yes, the people who like moleskin notebooks really like them. It's true. Oh, really? Yeah. So yeah. many glowing, just oh my god, I love it. Yeah, I don't get it. I mean, I mean they're fine. But I like, like it. It's it's a notebook, but yeah, it's it's pad paper. It's just conveniently sized. So anyway, uh, Jeremy, what do you got for me? Like a very large lack of sleep. Okay, all right. Uh, I, I have a giant Steam library which I can never get to because I don't have time to play games. Mostly, which because I don't function well if I stay up until three in the morning. Bloody. Paradox, the same guys that do Europa Universalis went for a space game. It's been out for a while. I just ran into it recently, and I can't stop playing the damn thing. I don't even know why, because it's not even just one more turn, because it just runs. You can pause it to deal with stuff, but for the most part, it just runs, and you're just, I know, just a little bit more, just a little bit. Oh, shit. Work is in, like, five hours. I haven't done this in 20 years. <laughs> I'm, I'm in trouble now. I, 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 I've I got a problem. Yeah. But if you've got spare time or you just want to see if it has the same effect, give it a shot. It's it's very well done. Do you know uh, the and basis these are the guys who are still updating stuff five years after they released it. So it's just going to get better. Yeah, I was going to say that the basis for this I saw in, like, 2004, 2005. Yeah. They were showing it off, and they just never were able to release it. Well, actually, somebody bought it and did the Star Trek game from it. Yes. Uh, But the original Uh, thought just never came to fruition until apparently now. And now I just can't. I I really have a problem, guys. I need to stop. just. (laughs) All right. Josh. Me. You. Okay, now that I've uh, potentially got some room coming up. Whoa, whoa, whoa. You got I room. Let me these. see that office again. No, 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 not my office. Oh, this okay. is going to be in the basement, okay. in the new family room where I've got space and I've got a widescreen TV and I'm going to make a PC for it and I'm going to have a basement racing thing where I can turn up the stereo. For what? And use the what? <laughs> turn up for what? <laughs> Turn up because nobody's going to be around me and uh. I can play things as loud as I want and rev cars and have that Paul guy from Codemasters yelling in my ear which way to turn. These are all good things. Sure. Yeah. It's a little expensive, but at least it is pretty solid. So you're not going to be, you know, your force feedback is going to work well. It's highly adjustable. You can mount your pedals, your wheel everything Ooh, you can wheel. slide the chair back and forth hell yeah it's nice that's really not a bad it. price for that is it it's not a lot of considering what it? you get mm-hmm. there's some colors, empty corners here you know what i'm saying we've got to get like a like a how you would see like a california usa set up in the arcade we got like three of them sitting <laughs> next to each other all linked together i mean i could get rid of one of these sets in the corners that here could be a set could be a set could be a set. You're right. All right. Uh, Alan. All right. So I uh, just picked up one of these. Okay. Uh, what is this? Hasn't shown up yet. All but, right. Um, quick set. 
Kivo, I think, is the name. K-E-V-O. Yeah, that sounds right. Kivo it's or Kevo. Not Kevo so. <laughs> I don't know. It has like a little accent mark above the E in some of their product. Oh, okay. Anyway, it's uh, basically it's a smart lock. It's one of those Bluetooth, like you can pair different devices to it, and then your device pairing to it acts as if it was the key to the lock. Mm. And in this case, it's uh, actually like capacitive touch on the housing of the lock. So basically you walk up to your front door, you touch the lock, and then after a couple seconds it pairs with your phone and right. you know, unlocks mm. or locks or whatnot, right? But they've been pretty expensive in the past. Like they typically run like over a couple hundred bucks. Well, they made a second-gen version, and I researched it. The only difference in the second-gen and the first has nothing to do with the outside part. It's just the inside part of the lock where you put the batteries in and what has the mechanism and stuff in it. It's just like a little bit sleeker. So if you don't care what the thing on the inside of the door looks like yeah. for the lock, then you might as well just get the first gen, basically, because the features are identical, right? So the first gen dropped to like 180 bucks or so because people are kind of clearing it out, right? But turns out, I guess the satin nickel version of that has now dropped to 140 bucks. So this is like a $250 lock, but as long as you have like nickel... Uh, so hardware. it matches the style. Yeah, of yeah. Your, if you have other yeah. nickel hardware on your, you know, on your door, um, then you might, and you've been interested in getting one of these, you might be able to pick one up for like, you know, kind of almost half off. Huh. Uh, so have you, uh, have you, have you really looked into this lock? Yes, I have. <laughs> so, so here's you, the other you know thing. know that. It can be hacked, right? Well, I know that... By the, hacked, you mean you can stick a flathead you, you screwdriver stick, in and yeah. open it. So oh. there's there's kind of this controversy <laughs> where there's this this YouTube guy that's like a locksmith. It, it's hilarious. That has a vested interest in, like, Wired, you know, kind I think of people no, not CNET using these things. also tested this, and they can yeah, do it, it was themselves. Yeah, I just threw the yeah. link in. But supposedly, so. they, supposedly they revised the mechanism in both the first and second gen, like, yeah. in order to... You know, get around uh, that. Unless it's completely different from any other lock made on the planet, a bump key is going to work because there are that's some what there, bump yeah, keys do. there are some that but do the, like anti bump stuff like that. They weren't using a bump key; they're using key blanks or a flathead screwdriver. Yeah, you basically <laughs> stick a very hardened steel thing into the lock, and if you put enough torque on the thing, you can get thing a turn right. But okay, strangely, so while, master lock and every other lock on the planet seems to share the same vulnerability. Yeah. So while somebody's doing that, my Ring Pro is just going to be like video and the crap out of them so i mean you know they're welcome to to do that in other words somebody wanted to get in my house that badly it doesn't matter what lock is on my front door well you know i mean, I mean? to some extent some like some locks are easier than other locks even for yeah. house locks yeah lock people locks only keep that on basically <laughs> yeah i agree i mean I, you know i it, i knew a guy like there was a guy on the on the sub with me that like ended up becoming a, like he got out and became a locksmith and, like, I needed to get into my house one time. It was, like, in Georgia. And, like, he comes over with, like, a freaking, the one of the armband things that you use for blood pressure, mm-hmm. yeah. basically. And he just kind of works it into the gap of the door and okay. slides it down to where near the mechanism uh, is yep. and pumps the thing with his hand. It's not even a crazy thing. Yeah. He's just pumping pumps a little bulb as if you were yeah. manually doing someone's, yeah. like, blood pressure. And he pops the freaking door open he because it separates it the frame. Open. Yeah. So it's oh, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. it's like you don't even Spreads care. It. Who cares what lock is on the door at that point? If you can just make the frame, then let's just leave out. all of our doors unlocked. It's just like you know, and nobody cares. Yeah. Well, anyway, that's also when just, you're if home, you want to come in and borrow bolt. my OLED TV for a couple <laughs> of decades, fine. You're certainly not using. At least it. somebody will plug it in. You know. Oh, and you know, Frontier has twenty nine dollar flights to Cincinnati. <laughs> yeah, so. there you go. 
Uh, and anyway, moving on from that lock story, I guess, uh, then. Uh, Alex, do you have your mic on? I believe I do. You do. You talk about uh, your pick here, which is the Frag Pedal Quad. That's a pretty good product, man. PC gaming foot pedal. Yep, this is by uh, Good Work Systems. Um, okay. I don't really think it's a good gaming pedal. All right, cool. Um, but, but... <laughs> okay. This sucks. Okay. No, 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 no. Gaming below the waist, I'm interested in. It, this is... I mean, it's... I, I've tried to game on it. It doesn't work that well. It requires way too much coordination. Um, but if you're coding all day, and you're working all day, and you're clicking your mouse all day, back in the... Put the mic closer the mic up to, your closer to your face. Better? Hey, there you're, we go. You're gating out. I was gating out and off axis. I'm... Set everyone else's audio up and don't even touch my own. God, you're uh-huh. such an amateur. I know. Terrible. I'm the worst. All right, so it doesn't work for gaming. It doesn't work that good for gaming. People, yeah, Some people say it works for gaming. I don't think it does. It is a wonderful auxiliary device. Um, on the editing machine here, I actually brought my mind pedal in and used it here because I'm using that machine so much. So what are you using it for? What are you using the pedals to map to? Uh, I have it mapped to mouse one, uh, mouse two, uh, shift, and alt. Um, and it saved considerable wear and tear on my hands. Hmm. All right. That's okay. cool. Okay. Hmm. I don't know if my brain could make that work in any kind of short amount of time, but... Maybe. Yeah, it would take a significant amount of retraining. I mean, Alan's the guy who still has middle mouse mapped to double click, so yep. he's hopeless. <laughs> I am. What the hell is wrong with that? See? Shut up, Jim. Amen. Most Most things are, are wrong with that, to be fair. <laughs> yeah. What? Otherwise, it just does the stupid scroll thing. And who when the you hell wants that hyper scroll? Who the feature? hell uses the hyper scroll well, thing? Seriously, so, you do scroll through long pages, man. I write right. long I, documents. You got the Alan, mouse with the, the, wrong with, with, you? with the button that unlocks the wheel <laughs> clicking, and you just like no, wing the wheel, I, and it just. Alan, the feature you're missing is in browsers. If you if you middle click, it opens in a new tab in the back in the same window that and doesn't switch to it. So if you're going through a page, you need to open a bunch of links. Just yeah, that's middle con- mouse on that's, it. That's control click. Yeah, you right click and open or yeah. you control click. But they don't have to click. use a keyboard. Eh, it's control. It's close. Right click and open. Anyway. Tab. Just stomp it's, on the floor and then hit click. And yes. Exactly. Stomp on two pedals. Ooh, I yeah, like it. Yeah, you hit control with your left foot and then you hit right foot on the left mouse button. Ugh. How much does this cost? Two dollars. It's like 80 bucks, I think. Yeah, it's not that expensive. Not bad. Eighty nine ninety five. All right. I'm down with that. Yeah. Could you use it? Could you use it to like map for like a flight sim? They're not I'm analog. I'm thinking Irma three. They're not. They're not yeah, analog. They're, just, they're okay. only digital on off. Yeah. Okay. All right. They've got a really bad flap control. <laughs> yeah. <Whether. laughs> I, I mean, if you're really really quick on the pulse width, you might be able to pull it off. <laughs> yeah. But you know. All right. All right, everybody. That is going to wrap up the show for this week. Thank you for joining us. Uh, and make sure you remember to go to pcpro.com slash live and or pcpro.com slash subscribe to sign up for our mailing list to get notified when we do our live streams. And, of course, pcpro.com slash podcast is the URL to go to uh, to find all of our backlinks, RSS files, video files, MP3 files, all that type of stuff uh, will be found there. A big thank you to everybody uh, for supporting us on the Patreon, patreon.com slash pcpro. Really appreciate that, guys. And uh, That was huge. And I'm expecting my lights soon. <laughs> we'll see. We'll see what happens. Okay. <laughs> You're fired, Josh. <laughs> Josh will send you a light in a bushel. Yeah. 
Well, on the next on the next episode, I will have a bottle of Pappy's Twenty sitting on the table instead of Knob Creek. Actually, I would if I could find it. I definitely would yeah. do that. All right, everybody. We'll see you next week. I'm Ryan Trout. I'm Jeremy Holstrom. I'm Josh Walrath. And I'm Alan Malmatano. If you enjoyed this content, consider supporting in-depth technical content by contributing at patreon.com slash pcper.